Hey, this is Steve Courier over here at Slow Brewing Co. in San Luis Obispo. Come check it out. Port Leeds tastes good like a beer should. You said it. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. <laughs> Try a frosty cold glass of Bavarian right away. What you say? No boulder dash or baloney here. Cheers, everyone, and welcome to the Unfiltered Gentleman. And now, with a higher BAC than your ABV, Greg, Scott, and Dan. Hey, everybody, welcome into the Unfiltered Gentleman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for drinking along. I am Greg. I'm on location today without the gentleman. I'm up in San Luis Obispo. I'm drinking the freshest of the fresh, getting it straight from the source. I'm at Slow Brew, and I'm being joined by Steve Courier, the head brewer. Steve, thanks for hanging out. Oh, no problem. I guess before we get too far into this, Help me clear things up. I like to talk a little history. First of all, at one point, was it slow brewing and now it's slow brew? Did that change? Uh, they're pretty interchangeable. Okay. Really. <laughs> slow brews just sounds cooler. Right, right, right yeah. I don't know. Slow brew. Yeah. You know? It's a good hashtag. Every, every, everyone's brewing co. Right. So it's our little way of saying it. Switch it's kind it of up. like a local thing. Yeah. Really. And you get a nice little hashtag out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, before we get into your history and that sort of thing, slow brew or slow brewing has sort of a really unique history of their own. Um, I was looking it up. They started in 1988, which a lot of huge breweries started in 1988. Yeah. Sierra Nevada, Rogue. The class of 88. Yeah. It was we huge. We actually tried to, we called a bunch of those guys last year. Oh, yeah. And tried to do like collabs or something together. And we couldn't really get any because they're all much bigger breweries than we are. <laughs> We couldn't get any of them on board, but uh, I feel proud to be part of that class, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a surprisingly, I guess, influential class. I mean, yeah. these these breweries have so many from that one year have gone just, you know, multinational and huge yeah. and are still crafting all that stuff. So uh, it's a very nice, distinguished class to be a part of. Yes, yes. The, the brew pub and the brewery itself have a weird kind of history. It started off as, as a pub in downtown, and then it sort of wasn't. Can you kind of clear things up history-wise for us? Yeah. So the original pub opened 1988 on Garden Street okay, in downtown Slow, and then uh, started expanding just like a lot of breweries do, mm-hmm. especially at that time, boom years in the 90s, first, first wave of craft brew. And... Uh, the original owner, Mike Hoffman, decided to open up a production facility and didn't do it in slow because slow is kind of notoriously expensive. So okay. they looked north county to Paso Robles and actually slow brew built the original 50 barrel JV Northwest brew house that Firestone is now in. Okay. So that's kind of the, the twisted history there. Yeah. And then I think it was about 03 or so that Mike Hoffman, original owner, sold everything off. So he sold everything to different people. So he sold the brand to a distributor. He sold the pub to a local developer. Okay. And then he sold the production brewery to Firestone. Right. So Slow Brew's been through three different ownership changes. Okay. And I think that's where it gets a little murky. Right. Um. And the fact that we kind of have this intertwined history with Firestone, and everyone's always a little confused on that. Yeah, I was looking up the the, the brand history, and it looked like it kind of dropped off for a couple of years almost. Yeah, yeah. It, 
the, at one point we were in over 30 states. Okay. That all kind of, once everything got sold off, it just kind of went downhill from there. Yeah. So the distributor kind of killed the brand. They just didn't promote it. Uh, you know, they took the brewing of the beer out of, out of California. Oh, and, really? And started contract brewing it. So it kind of just went through this really weird. It's kind of wherever was cheapest. Exactly. Okay. And then, you know, the owner, the new ownership at the pub were not pushing as far as, you know, growing the beer end of it. Yeah. And they changed the name, right? And changed the name to Downtown Brewing Company. Right. So those are, um, uh, no offense to anybody that was a part of that team, but <laughs> I call those the dark years. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we kind of lost our way a little, but um, with the new ownership, Hamish Marshall and Rodney Sigalski, they really had the vision and the um, energy and attitude to really kind of take the, take it to the next step where we are now. Yeah, you guys got this great brand new brewery. So it's it's been interesting to go through all these ebb and flows. And I'm sure most breweries kind of go through sure. that. Sure. At least like to some extent. Maybe ours is a little, we maybe dipped down lower than I <laughs> would have liked drastic. to. But, but uh, yeah, we're, we're um, excited now and, and good positive energy, so... Yeah, and current owners didn't did they buy what was then Downtown Brew and then yep. remade that into Slow Brew? Exactly. And then so, you guys kind of outgrew that. Yeah, they bought the business and then went out and bought the old name back from the distributor. Oh, okay. So they actually went and found the people that owned it and they weren't doing anything with it. It was just clearly. Dead. Yeah. And they bought it back to bring back the name and you know, obviously got rid of downtown brew. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. So they, they really believed in it. You yeah. Know? And they, and there is some, you know, it, 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 it had some recognized, you know, it was recognized kind of in the industry, you know, we won a lot of awards, so they wanted to bring that back. And right. Kind of capitalize on it. Yeah. And you even won some awards in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. We were brew pub of the year in Oh one. Okay. And, yeah, we won lots of medals there for a while in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then when Downtown Brew came, we stopped doing all of that. And, right. And we're just now starting to get kind of back into competition. Yeah, you guys recently won for the Stout, Yeah, right? we won a couple years ago. Stout, not, not this last year, but the year before. Okay. And that was basically, that's the first year we've been back competing. Yeah, so. feels good to be back. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I can imagine. It was nice to take a break, actually, but... uh it's been fun to re-engage in yeah. that part of it. There's a lot of pressure competing. Um, it it is, but it's it's all done in you know kind of fun. Yeah, it's not like ultra cutthroat. Yeah, everybody's friends. Yeah, and, and, and it's beer. You know, it's more a, a pressure that you put on yourself. Right. I'm sure a lot of brewers do that. And kind of, I know I can do better. Right. You know? <laughs> One of our catchphrases around here too is continuous improvement, and and competition can be a good gauge of that. Oh, for sure. Tell you how you're doing. Right, yeah, if uh, if you're not selling. Yeah. <laughs> but the other guy is. Uh, very cool. All right, so are there any um, recipes that have stuck around since the original? Yeah, actually. Some of them are actually hard to get rid of. <laughs> uh, blueberries still around. Okay. That's a very old recipe. That probably goes back. I mean, it's changed a little, but the base beer is essentially the same. That's uh -huh. been around for, shoot, I want to say probably... Close to 20 years. Wow. Uh, Reggae Red, which is our red wheat with hemp seed. Mm -hmm. That's probably been around about 10, 15 years. Okay. 
Yeah, that reggae is the first one I ever had. Yeah. First that's, I mean, it's, deli- it's just a solid red. And there's like a lot of one-offs. Even the, this winter brown that we have is, uh, you know, seasonal, but we've been doing it every year for probably at least 15 years. Okay. So, yeah, there's a there's kind of a good balance of old and new. Yeah. And it's it's always fun to kind of update old recipes too. Right. Kind yeah, of revisit of them and freshen them up a bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of beer, we have a very nice looking flight in front of us. Uh, how about you tell us about uh, some of these beers? What should we start off with? I think we'll start <laughs> with the light, light stuff. Makes sense. So this is a honey blonde. It's something that we're newly developing. We've only brewed it a couple times. Actually, the name of it is Hazy Honey. Okay. But if you're looking at it right now, it's not too hazy. It's pretty clear. Pretty clear. So Definitely by East Coast standards. We got a, a, a little more work to do on this. So we, we actually are using the same yeast strain as we are in our uh, East Coast IPA. Oh. We wanted to kind of do like a blonde, but like a twist on it. Right. And, and Honey Blonde, speaking of old recipes, is a really old recipe too. Okay. And we, we weren't brewing it for a long time, and we kind of brought it back, and we wanted to put a twist on it, and we decided we'd kind of make it like a cross between a New England style and a blonde. I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> uh, we're using good, really good local honey that we're really excited about. Yeah. And this is really good. It's light, but it's got a little um, extra carbonation to it than you're expecting, which keeps it real light on the tongue. Is it hard in this area to come up with a good honey blonde? Because you kind of have like the most famous honey blonde just down the street. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not a honey blonde anymore. And it's it's funny because the history of those two beers are kind of intertwined too. Mm. So I know what you're talking about. Right. So before th- that beer, it was a honey blonde. And that was a big seller for right. Slow Brew for many, many years. And then, you know, it kind of took off in another direction. We stopped making it. Okay. So yeah, now we're bringing it back. It's different. It's totally different. Um, we brought the honey back into the the fold, mm-hmm. and like I said, we're playing with the yeast strain. We want to make it more like a hazy, soft body. Uh, blondes a lot of times are very malty, and right. we kind of wanted to back a little of that malt out and make it just more soft. And like I said, we're still. I think we're on the right path for the haze thing. We got to. We're going to play with the temperature. Yeah. I think that was a big thing. We wanted to kind of make it a little cleaner fermentation, so we used it at, you know, 68 was our fermentation temperature, which okay. I think next time we do it, we'll drive it up to 70s. See what happens. Get more of that fruity and get more haze yeah. formation. And usually on a blonde, you kind of try your hardest to not have the yeast play too big a role in totally. the flavor. And this one, you actually get a little bit of that. Yeah. You can you can tell it's more uh, prominent yeast. So we, we have another blonde that we make, uh, OG, and we just tweaked with that recipe too, but I was getting, um, and and not off-putting at all, but for my taste, a little too much just malt character. Okay. So I kind of wanted to balance that out a little more with some yeast and maybe even a little hop. And Yeah. Just have some fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, this is very, this is like a great uh, day on the lake kind of beer. Yeah. Go to the beach type thing, go hiking. Good one to start a flight out with. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about you and your history and, and you and brewing and all that stuff. When did you start brewing? Yeah, that's a funny story. <laughs> so I, I go back quite a ways. Uh, you know, I'm 47 now. So I actually got exposed to home brewing when I was 16. Okay. I moved out of my folks' house when I was 16 and moved into a house, a big house, five bedrooms, and pretty much one to two people in every bedroom. 
And it was kind of funny. We would all, we, you know, we were young in our twenties and right. I was, well, I was 16. They were all 20 <laughs> year olds, but we would always go through all these phases of interests. You know, it'd be, uh, surfing for a couple months sure. or skateboarding or, um, punk music or, you know, we'd just always be going through these phases. Uh, one of them was homebrewing and we just got really into it. And it was one of those things that kind of lasted longer than all the others. Yeah. So I was exposed to brewing at this house. We were all home brewing. These guys were older than I was. And they started getting jobs in brewing. Two of the guys were brewers at Slow Brew before I was. Okay. So Darren Butchie, who now runs Oblivion Brewing up in Oregon. Okay. And then another guy, Dave Kane, who's no longer in brewing industry, but... That's how I got exposed to it. Very young age. Little underage drinking. Little little underage. Um, but just it was just fun. Yeah. You know, it was it wasn't like I never thought it would be a job or Right, of course not. Especially uh, back then. Career. Yeah. And we just got so into it and it was so new that I just kept going down that road and I kept following them around, you know, kind of learning. Ended up lucking out and getting the brewing job. At a slow brew, and then probably the most fortuitous thing that ever happened to slow brew and to me, as far as learning, was uh, hiring Matt Brindelson from Goose Island to slow brew originally. Okay, and he kind of just reshaped probably the brewing in this whole area. Oh yeah, and kind of just elevated the whole thing, and that's when I really started getting into it and thinking, okay, okay, I can do this. <laughs> this this could be like a real job. Yeah. And, uh, what do you know? yeah, I just kind of kept going and was lucky enough to work at Firestone for about 14 years Wow! and got to work with Brindleson and all those guys up there are great. Darren and big, big group of guys that have, are still there and have moved through that I've learned so much from and, uh, learned by doing, you know? Right, right. Never went to school for brewing. Um, just learned from, from smart people. You're right. <laughs> Some of the best people. Yes. Um, so initially, was it more of like a, hey, I'm 16 and I've got alcohol kind of thing? No, it was more like I was just the little brother, you yeah. know, just hanging out. Kind of, you know, I wasn't the one spearheading it. I wasn't mm-hmm. going out and, you know, buying the raw materials and learning. I was just kind of hanging out and I kind of just slowly got into it. It wasn't like I got hooked right away. Right. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I got to learn how to brew beer so I can drink free underage or anything like that <laughs> it wasn't motivated by that it was more it was more motivated by the craft yeah. and uh the do-it-yourself you know okay. i really like that yeah. aspect of it i mean yeah i was drinking but it wasn't <laughs> i don't know was i don't think i was that bad <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask some of your roommates yeah you'd have to ask them yeah yeah so the way you talk about brewing are you into cooking at all um no uh, i mean I, I wouldn't say i'm not into it right right I would say that I don't have enough time. We actually just moved to a nice place and a much better kitchen. I kept telling my wife before we moved, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. We're going to get in there. I'm going to start cooking more. Right. Well, that was six months ago. I have yet to cook a <laughs> meal there. But I have every intention of, of <laughs> it's busting those counts. pots and pans out and right. uh, making some something new, you know, something right. that is interesting. So, yeah, I need to I need to develop that game a little <laughs> all right before we move on what's what's next here on our flight so we'll move up to pilsner nice kind of just trying to do as traditional as possible using saphir i know matt kind of gave me that trick yeah he gets a little a little uh defensive sometimes but 
I'm pretty sure he learned it from somebody too. <laughs> and we also, our new favorite German hop, Hollisauer Blanc. Oh yeah, super popular a, right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a little dankier, a little little more fruity than the Saphir. Saphirs are maybe a little more traditional and Blancs are a little new school, so yeah. it's kind of a, a play on that. Yeah, the Blanc's a little, uh, like you said, dank and a little more of that hop, piney character than most German yeah, hops I get, tend to be. That's the first thing I smell when I... Yeah. Stick my nose in there. It smells a lot hoppier than it drinks. Like you stick your yeah. nose in there. If you're not a hop person, you might go, oh crap, what am I getting into? But it doesn't drink that way. Yeah, it's not very bitter. Mm-mm. It's nice. It's refreshing. It's crisp. Yeah, it's funny. Like I'm always surprised at the the light beer drinkers that hang out here. You know, we make a, a Mexican lager, mm-hmm. big cerveza sometimes. It's not on top right now, but it's amazing. They'll love that beer, not hoppy at all. Right. But they cannot do this because it's too hoppy. <laughs> I'm always like, wow, that's nothing. Like, Here, let's find out if this is too hoppy. We have someone in the room that does not like hops. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's not too hoppy. That's what the crowd says. Darn, I need to put some more hops in there then. <laughs> Get it to where she doesn't like it. Then you know you got a good beer. If you don't mind, can we talk about your time at Firestone a little bit? Yeah. Is that allowed? Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. So, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out when the uh, lawyers call us. Yeah. So how did you get started? I guess, where were you first, slower, Firestone, then kind of how that transition? So slow. I was at slow first, and then I was actually present for the whole build out of that facility up there when okay. it was just a 50 barrel. It was all 50 barrel, seven fermenters, seven 200 barrel fermenters. Right. Now it's like... Now it's ginormous. Yeah, 30 <laughs> plus. And, the Disneyland of beer. Yeah, eight 800 barrel yeah. fermenters, 500 barrel fermenters. So it's nothing like it, it used to be. Right. It, it looks quaint <laughs> back then. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so Matt was hired on by Slow Brew to run basically both places. And he you know got the job when Firestone took over. Okay. And he brought a lot of the Slow Brew guys back. So a lot of those guys up there now were originally with Slow Brew too. Jim Crooks was oh. with Slow Brew. Interesting. Ollie, another guy up uh-huh. there, Rozzy. A lot of the old timers were Slow Brew people. Okay. And it, so did Slow basically poach him from, poach him in quotes, from Goose Island? Yeah, yeah. We poached Matt from Goose Island. Okay. Then he came out here, joined the team that was here already. Right. Then everything, everybody basically got laid off, and then he got the job and brought a bunch of those people back. Okay, including me. So around when was the Firestone for you? Did you start? Oh, that was about I want to say shoot, oh three, oh four. Okay. So before they really blew up. Yes. I mean beyond yeah. the new the yeah. new place, but yeah. So they moved from the vineyards. Okay. Down in Los Olivos, right where the winery is. Yeah. Yeah. And moved there back when they were still the same company <laughs> yeah they were really small when they yeah came there it was like i don't even think barely ten thousand barrels a oh year. really yeah wow so what was your role with firestone just assistant brewer or um yeah i was i was pretty much lead brewer i okay. was a weekend manager <laughs> in quotes not 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 the best gig to have right but, uh worked every weekend for probably six years but it was a lot of responsibility and right, well, I learned yeah. a lot. You know, I say a lot of times working there was like going to university. Oh, I'm sure. And it's just everything they do is cutting edge and just super high quality and they know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Are you uh, responsible for any of the, the beers that they're still putting out? Uh, no. Oh. No, that's Matt was definitely the guru 
on that. Makes sense. Bringing it back around here. How much beer are you guys putting out annually at Slow? So this year, we're going to produce about 7,000 barrels. Okay. I mean, that's pretty up there. Yeah. We're only, this is only year two. Yeah. The new, of this new brewery. Facility. Yeah. So everything's moving the right direction. It's mm-hmm. slow, which is fine. Right. And we're, have plans to grow to 14,000. Okay. This year. So that's not all slow brew though. We are doing some contracting. Sure. And, with the distillery coming on too, that that'll account for some of our volume. Mm-hmm. I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to get there. Yeah, but you were so you were working at Firestone when we we're they're putting out ten thousand plus barrels a year, so you kind of have the experience to yeah manage so that much beer. When I left, they were doing about two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, okay. So you left when they were popular. Yeah. For a while, you were working both places, yeah. right? And so, yeah. what what was the final draw to get you over here? Uh, this, <laughs> the new yeah. place. Yeah. So we had been talking, you know, Hamish and Rodney and I had been talking slash daydreaming right. about, um, doing something like this for years before they actually did it. Yeah. And I kept working both jobs, you know, cause at that point it was just a lot of talking. Right. But man, they really showed up and really kind of put their money where their mouth is. And yeah, I mean, this place is gorgeous. When I started to see that action and stuff actually happening and their vision, I re- I got really excited to come back and I've always wanted to be here. You know, it was yeah. always, I lived in Slow. It was, you know I started here. It was always kind of had a place in my heart. Sure, and I really care about the business, so I was excited to come back no matter what. But man, they they really kind of went way beyond what I was <laughs> even expecting. And I, I'm a worker. I, but I I told ownership I only need two things. One of them is beer, obviously. Right. Beer will keep me going a long time. <laughs> and then uh, lots of music, lots of loud music. And so ownership responded, again, very well to that and put in this really nice speaker system. We've actually blown the speakers a couple times, <laughs> and they've replaced them, which is beyond me. Like, wow, you guys are really cool. And... And we have Sonos, so it's just we have this really great music system back here. So I got what I asked for. Yeah, it's perfect. Beer and music. I'm a happy kid. <laughs> That's awesome. They're great leaders and great bosses, just really down to earth. Like They're out of town right now, but right. if they were here, they'd be sitting here having beers with us. Nice. So do you get full creative control then over the beer? Um, Yeah, I share it with marketing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but they're actually pretty good about giving us freedom. For That's sure. good. But we also want to sell beer. And so we you gotta make we, what work, sells. we try to work closely with marketing. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a give and take. Yeah. A little delicate balance. Yeah. Well it, it sounds like you get to play around a little bit because you're talking about the honey blonde, you're still not totally there yet. You're you're yeah. playing with it, playing with temperatures, playing with hops and yeah, all Yeah, they're stuff. definitely not looking over our shoulder. Yeah. That must be nice. Uh speaking of beer, how about we move on to right. our, our next one? So next beer is still frothy Double IPA, Simcoe, Mosaic, Amarillo. And we just started packaging this, actually. So There's a stack of cans right behind us. Yep. We just packaged it last week, hit our shelves here, and it'll be out in the market probably in the next week or so. Okay. Imagine. But just big West Coasty style. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> West Coast big IPA with all the, you know, the big crazy hops. Mm-hmm. Just trying to go over overboard <laughs> yeah throw a bunch of hops in there and what's the uh what's the abv it's 8.9 okay 
So this is a little easy for 8.9. Yeah. A little dangerous. Nicely balanced though. It's not like a uh, hop kick to the teeth. Yeah. Very nice. How far do you guys reach with your distribution? So we're basically in California. Okay. We have 11 distributors, I believe, here in California. It's not everywhere, but most of them, big markets, San Diego, San Francisco, Valley, LA. Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably some gaps, places I'm not sure where, but. Sure. Then we also, so ownership is Australian. Okay. We actually have some people helping us out back there selling our beer. Oh, that's cool. So we ship beer to Australia too. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, we can almost always at the very least find some reggae red around us in the LA area and and sometimes uh, the blonde. Yeah, yeah, the blonde because I've seen some of those cans laying around. So yeah, it's it's very nice uh, to reach to get to. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just concentrating on California, I think, right now. Just trying to do that. I think there's talk of other states, but that's probably down the road a little. Right, makes sense. The industry a little bit recently has been kind of dipping, it seems. A lot of breweries are starting to close, especially down in San Diego where it's crazy concentrated. Have you guys seen any sort of decline or are things still on the up and up? Uh, They're definitely on the up and up, but I will say that uh, we have maybe a little bit of a different strategy too. Okay. Where we really believe in our brand, Mm -hmm. but we have space available. Right. You know, this is a big place. So it's a huge place. We're trying to be very smart and trying to find some of those contracts and doing the spirits so we can right. do that. Um, we have some other projects too that, that we're talking about doing. So basically kind of trying to diversify. Them. Yeah, it makes sense. I think that's their strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm a brewer. All I really <laughs> think about is beer. Making good beer. But I'm stoked that they're thinking about these things because yeah. i do see that happening and um i think they're being really smart about it so we you know we even do some contract canning okay our canning line is not going 24 7 so we've done some uh packaging of wine oh wow. cans uh so we're really trying to you know cut it up a little and right. not, not have it just be okay we got to sell a million cases of still frothy or we're not going to make it this year <laughs> right and it's a smart strategy a lot of uh a lot of small breweries kind of rely on the the sexiness of craft beer and then when the business end of it doesn't go so well they're not yeah, so sexy anymore and it is a business and this is a big you know there's a lot of employees and yeah i mean you guys got a great restaurant in there yeah it's not just about space. making beer there's yeah. you know we got all kinds of events and well the other location has lofts above it that you can yeah we got like a little and, boutique hotel right above it that's really nice actually yeah. so they're really dipping their toes in everything yeah yeah which is really cool let's get some history on you as a beer drinker <laughs> is there a specific beer that you remember like kind of getting you into beer yeah yeah definitely the first time i ever really got tipsy <laughs> uh was bigfoot okay sierra nevada bigfoot yeah so you know, I was a big fan of Sierra Nevada, Anderson Valley, mm-hmm. uh, Belk's Bitter. I don't know if you ever remember that one. No. It was like a it ESB around? style. Okay. I, I do see it around once in a while. Interesting. I really love that beer. It was, you know, more English style. Right, right. The hop craze wasn't exactly right. kicked in in the later 80s when I started yeah. getting into it. Prior to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> and we were doing the pale ale, which was hoppy, considered right. hoppy back then. And it's funny because I never went through that cheap beer phase. 
Oh, you know, because be I started, nice. I was started getting exposed to these beers. Those were the first beers I was drinking. Yeah, and your roommates like, are bringing home this. The stuff first time and... I ever got intoxicated was Bigfoot. <laughs> I mean, nothing just, wrong with that. Yeah, it was just like kind of backwards, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I just was always immersed in all these good beers, mm-hmm. and it's funny. I just never went down the bad beer path, and beer is so fun because it's, it's so endless. Yeah, you know, it's you. You just keep going and going and going. I've been right. doing this forever, and I, there's still tons of beer styles that we've never made that I still want to make. Mm-hmm. And forget all the you know crazy creative beers with you know Glitter. other additions and stuff. Right? There's some classic beer styles that we've never even made, and I just keep finding more and more to get interested in, and yeah. and all the creativeness that's out there. With you know all the brute IPAs and New England, it just goes and goes. It's so fun. It's so like crazy. So you miss the whole crappy beer phase. Yeah. Do you ever now drink any of those crappy beers? Never. Smart man. Oh, oh wait. So when I go to Mexico. Okay. So this last year, usually I'll I'll drink Pacifico. Okay. We've been going every year for like ten years. This last year, I I could only put down like three <laughs> in like ten days. Right. So right. I basically didn't drink the whole yeah. time I was there. I can't do it. That's I just funny. Cannot do it. I always get a kick out of brewers who have like a, a secret. Uh, love affair with like PBR or something crappy like There's that. There's a lot of them. Yeah, too. there is. It's yeah, hilarious. It's, I've always been amazed at, and it's like some of the best brewers too. Yeah, yeah. And they'll you see them on a weekend cracking open a can yeah, of something crappy. Want, like, what are you doing? They just want the lightest, yeah. you know, beer they can drink. I guess when they're drinking hot bombs and barrel aged stuff I, I all day it, at yeah. work. Yeah, but I think that's also why you're starting to see all the craft lager. Oh yeah. All of a sudden, lager's cool. Yeah, and I, I bet you that's brewer-driven. Oh, yeah. That's brewers going, okay, I want some light. Right. Please stop drinking these double IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> I need a break. Uh, totally. Yeah. Have you had any other day jobs other than brewing? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> wow. Never even thought about that. Yeah, I had a paper out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never Dang, had to do I, the- uh... I, I did some restaurant stuff. Okay. Uh, cooking, actually. Shoot, yeah, I've been brewing a long time. That's crazy. <laughs> you just had a breakthrough, huh? That's funny. I don't. I I am definitely one of those people that I don't. I don't look back very often. Right, right. I'm always looking in the future, and yeah, it's funny to stop and think about that. <laughs> wow, it's like, yeah, I haven't not done very many other jobs. I guess I I should ask then. Ever since your first job brewing, have you had to work a non brewing no, related job? Never. So once you got in, it was it. Yeah, you got jumped in the club. Yeah, and even like. During the recession and all that, I yeah. was busier than ever. People still need to drink. Yeah, exactly. No matter it's, how poor they are. Yeah, I've, it's, I've never been out of work. That's Crazy. funny. That's good. And even in a small county, too. It's not a lot of people here. Yeah. If you couldn't be in beer, do you have a like uh, a, another job? or Yeah. Chippendales dancer? Yeah. <laughs> My original love was architect. Okay. I was actually going to go to school to do that. And uh Got sidetracked by beer. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> Would you say that's what you wanted to be when you grew up, like when you yeah, were a kid? Yeah. Took drafting all through high school. Wow. Like got sponsored by the teacher, was well on my way. Cal Poly has a big architecture yeah, yeah. curriculum. It's down the street. Yeah. And I was I was on my way. And uh, I just, like I said, when I was 16, moved out of the house. I graduated high school when I was 16. Mm. Just fell in with these group of bad influencers. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they led you to. Yeah. Forget about college. Right. I'm going to do this beer drinking thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you're not the first brewer 
that wanted to be an architect. That, in fact, I know at least one brewer that was an architect oh, yeah. and that led him to designing a very nice brewery. Cool. But now he's just a brewer slash brewery owner. So it's, it's really interesting. I wonder if there's something with that you know use of that side uh, of the brain yeah. that leads you to being a good brewer or something. Yeah, architecture is a mix of art and science. Right. For sure. Yeah, art similar. and engineering. And right, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's interesting to think about. All right, before we move on, Let's move on on yeah. our flight here. So this is our New England style East Coast IPA, hazy New England style East Coast, or or just IPA. Yeah, a lot of new school hops. We've been using a lot of Vic Secrets, mm. and that's a uh, kind of an ode to the Aussie thing. So for our thirtieth anniversary, which this isn't, but it was another. It was a triple dry hop double IPA. Okay, that's when we got onto the Vic Secrets because mm. we wanted to get some Aussie hops and American hops. And kind of use that as a ode to the ownership. And we've started really getting into the Vic Secret and probably going to change it up a little because those hops are a little harder to find sometimes. Sure. A little more expensive too. Yeah. But it's it's just fun playing with all the the new hops. Eldorados and Azakas mm-hmm. and there's so many of them out there now. Yeah. This is nice. This is uh, I definitely get some tropical fruits in there. A little bit of citrus, a little bit of pine. It yeah, smells real cit- fruity. There's citra in here. Mm-hmm. It's just the right amount of haze. Yeah. It's not that cloudy mess. Yeah, it's doesn't. It's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not going to show up brown in a can. I've had that before. That's always, or I guess, gray, not brown. But yeah, that's that's a very nice. That's another new one that we've been developing. We probably only brewed that like five times, and we're still tweaking that one too. And do you can this one yet? We do. We just started canning it. So do you get any sort of? negative feedback when you're canning stuff and then you tweak the recipe a little bit and people are like hey i thought this was better six months ago or i haven't yet but i'd be super stoked if somebody (laughs) were to pick that up yeah i'd be like okay all right (laughs) you know what you're talking about totally yeah like i always get a kick out like if i overhear people out here Mm -hmm. you know and they'll like the brute ipa somebody will drink and they don't know anything about it Oh, that's so dry. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did it right. So, yeah, I'd be stoked if somebody was like, wow, you guys aren't using the Vic Secrets anymore? <laughs> or, like, uh, it, I, haven't, I haven't actually seen that very much. It'd be interesting. Speaking of IPAs, you guys recently jumped in on the uh, Butte County Resilience yeah. IPA brewing. Uh, what kind of led you to that? We have some regulars here that mm-hmm. were affected. One of, one of our guys especially uh, was really sad because... He had uh, two pictures of the f- house he grew up in mm-hmm. that his dad built. And, you know, the first one, beautiful looking house. Second right. picture, completely gone. Jeez. I mean, that's powerful. That kind yeah. of imagery is powerful. Right, right. And, you know, Sierra Nevada really took the helm on this. So they made it easy for everybody. Yeah. And we try to do, just like a lot of breweries do, try to give back to the community. So yeah, it's it's a part of our culture where we really try to get back. So we actually collabed with Central Coast Brewing. Okay. Brendan over there. And and it was really fun to do, first of all, brew a recipe that Sierra Nevada made. Right. And finding out that it's super old school West Coast IPA. Yeah. And, you know, great cause. I mean, there's just so much good about it. Oh, it's hard not to do it. Right. Like I would have felt left out <laughs> if we hadn't done it, you know. Yeah, why not jump on that? Yeah. It yeah. was it was fun. It was so I have a great story about that. So we sold through it in two days. Oh, wow. First of all, it's the first time I've been at a bar where somebody raised their hand and said, next round's on me. Oh, wow. And bought the whole bar 
around uh, resilience. That's awesome. And I was like, that is so cool. I'm, yeah. Like I've always I've always seen it in the movies, <laughs> but I've, I've never actually been at the bar when that happens. And that it was, is cool. It was just super cool. And and the woman who did it, her daughter lost her house. And okay. So she was happy. You know, it was kind of a win win. Yeah. She was Thank happy for to cause to donate the money, and then also made everyone else happy in the bar. It was, right. Yeah. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah, and it's been fun seeing all the breweries. I mean, over fourteen hundred at this point across the country. It's insane. Yeah. So. It's fun too. Like some of the guys when they've gotten, you know, over the holidays, some of them have gotten out of town and mm-hmm. gone and tried the other ones. Right. And it's fun to like go and try to seek them out and try. Yeah. And- it's fun to, to compare them against, you know, a local brewery near us just released theirs and they were accidentally a little too efficient on their mash. So they, I think theirs is seven and a half percent instead of like, was it supposed to be like six and a half or something? Yeah, so yeah. they bumped theirs up a little bit. So it's just fun to see like who's screwing up and who's oh, doing yeah, a good yeah. thing and, totally. and, and comparing well, it's, them. Yeah. It's so interesting because I mean, essentially it's the same recipe, although I'm sure right. every brewer's kind of done their own little, maybe little tweaks a little, and little tweaking, but yeah, it's fun to see all the different outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And did they give you yeast for it, or did you use your own Trini yeast? We used uh, House. Just okay. Cal Ale, though. Yeah. That's what they use. Oh, okay. I'm sure it's similar. Yeah, probably. All right, cool. Before we get to the rapid-fire questions, which I love to end on, um, a little bit more about slow brewing. What's different about slow than, than other California breweries? Um, well- Besides the, the kick-ass concert space. And- we, got, we got heritage. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got some history, which is- Actually, one of the things that drew me to brewing anyways mm-hmm. in the first place was not so much Slow Brew's history, but just the incredible history of brewing. Just to think that, like, I'm doing something that somebody, you know, thousand years ago yeah. was doing the same thing, you know, different tools maybe, but right. same process, same idea. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that aspect of our company, that we have this kind of rich history mm-hmm. and it's got some lumps and bumps too, but <laughs> that's actually great motivation for me. Yeah. For somebody like me to be like, we're going to do better. Continuous right. improvement. You yeah. Know, we're, that was then. This is now. We're going to do better. And as far as the product goes, you know, we've always been a little more traditional. Mm-hmm. We're starting to break out of that a little, but I always kind of want to have that balance. Sure. So we're not going to be strictly new school or strictly old school. I yeah. think uh, just kind of, Playing with both those school of thoughts is uh, kind of where our niche is, maybe. Right. No, it makes sense. And you guys are soon opening a distillery. I think we're in what's yeah, going to be yeah. the distillery right now. Yeah. So tw- I don't know the exact date, but I know it's going to be 2019. Okay. The ownership, Rodney Sigelski, Hamish Marshall. Mm-hmm. So Hamish Marshall, his nickname is Hammer, Hamish Hammer, kind of. Mm-hmm. Rodney is, his name is Rodney, so Rod. Okay. So the brand is going to be Rod and Hammer. Nice. Pretty cool, cool brand. Yeah. And uh, they got some cool custom bottles. They're really going all out on this project. I think they're kind of aiming for a little top shelf. Yeah. Well, they haven't skipped on anything yet. No. (laughs) No. So I'm guessing probably maybe the end of the year. Okay. You might start seeing that. I'm not, again, not too sure. Right. Play it by ear a little bit. But that is going to bring alcohol out here too so right now at the rock um we only have beer okay and so now we're going to be introducing alcohol which hopefully will be more on the craft cocktail side and not just not the drunk college kids not a lot of shots and stuff like that but there there's going to be a you know tasting room so it should it should be less like a bar 
and more like tasting sure distillery yeah more like a brewery but yeah with spirits do you think that hazy ipas are here to stay yes and do you like them yes i mean you made one so i would hope so yeah yeah and you know it was an acquired taste yeah i had to work at it sure first one i had i wasn't like oh my god this is awesome i'm gonna drink <laughs> these all the time yeah no it was tough the, for a little while and but it was like that for my first IPA. Oh, sure. West Coast IPA. I don't think Ambe loved their first IPA. Exactly. Especially that early stone stuff. So, and I'm I'm actually a big fan now. So. Yeah. I was never uh, a hater, per sure. se, but I was always kind of, eh, we'll see. Yeah, gimmick. Yeah and, yeah. and, you know, I probably had a few that weren't the best examples. Sure. But, no, I think they're definitely here to stay. All right. And what do you think about brewed IPAs? I mean, I know you guys have it on, on tap right now. Um, I like it. I think it's definitely going to be here to stay too okay yeah are they any harder to make than a regular ipa they're tricky are they yeah they're definitely tricky definitely harder okay yeah. <laughs> it's um, funny because you, you mentioned brute ipa whatever happened to session ipa that was my favorite i know and yeah. it's just like kind of i love being able to have four not feeling like i'm going to pass out so i almost feel like brute is going to kind of fill those shoes but not on the alcohol yeah it's I wish almost it would. it's almost like the drinkability and body yeah but it's almost like for session IPAs, people were missing the alcohol. Which is weird. The whole point of a session is to not have the alcohol. I know. But it was like, <laughs> like I like the easy drinking, the low alcohol. Right, yeah. But have them all nice day for football and hot presents. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so our session IPA in a can, Wave Wrangler, I love the beer. It doesn't do very good on the shelf. It doesn't last very long. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't sell. And we're going we're gonna to drop it. And it, it's a shame. kind of makes me cry a little yeah. inside because- that was like one of my favorite beers that we make, and session IPA just kind of seemed to yeah. If you need if you need help offloading those cans, you just let okay. me know. <laughs> but I, I guess brute. I don't know. It could go that way. I feel like, but be interesting to see. I found you know it's very early in the brute yeah. craze. I have found more bad examples than good examples. Yeah, and I've only had a couple. Yeah, too. I've only probably had five or six. So yeah, but I'd say more of them were bad than good. Yeah. So hopefully. People, I think it's super interesting. Though. It is interesting and how they get it to dry out and everything. Yeah. And it's been fun to see a new craze. Yeah. It's better than the glitter craze. Yes. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, what's your favorite brewery other than your own? <laughs> Firestone, actually. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get to the rapid fire, we have one last beer that is staring oh, yeah. us down. Winter Brawn. Winter Brawn. I love the word brawn because it's it has two meanings. Brawn means like strong. Or in German, it means brown. Oh, okay. So this is basically brown strong, imperial brown. Yeah, uh, aged in rye whiskey barrels. You can smell that whiskey. It smells delicious. Yeah, it's got like a candy. Mm -hmm. it's like, it smells like candy. Oh, that is. Oh yeah, you can taste the whiskey. Mm -hmm. Kind of tasting a little uh, alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get some of that warmth from the whiskey. You get some of that chocolatiness, a little bit of coffee from the brown. What's the uh, percentage on this? So. It's funny because I had to ask Alex Villacana from Refine where we get our barrels from. Mm -hmm. I asked him to rate on the scale of one to 10 how wet our barrels come back to us. Okay. Because I got this incredible alcohol percentage rise. So I asked him to rate it on a scale of one to 10 how wet. And he told me nine. <laughs> so very. So very wet. <laughs> and we actually got a, a rise in alcohol from about 9% to about 12 and a half. So That's a pretty big jump. Just from the whiskey. So. Yeah. Because usually you gain like 1% yeah. maybe. So 
And that's why you can really taste that whiskey. Too. Yeah, it's nice and warm, but it's not like it's not too much alcohol, but it definitely warms you up as you sip it. That is phenomenal. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's nice. And because you use the brown as your base, it's not too heavy. It's got yeah, a little bit of sweetness to it, but it's not like drinking motor oil. Yeah. Which is nice. We're going to wrap things up with rapid fire questions. These are just serious questions. First thing that comes to your mind, don't think about it too much. What's the first beer you ever drank? Bigfoot. First beer you ever brewed? Oh, that would probably be an amber. Okay. First beer you brewed and sold? Probably an amber. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite, cans or bottles? Cans. Can Okay. Cans are fun. I'm a can man. It's easy to bring with you. Favorite beer and food pairing? So I'm funny like that. So I, I actually like appetizers in beer. Nothing wrong with that. I, I like to keep it light. Yeah. So like I, I'm more into like pilsners and salads or okay. chips and salsa and a lager. Kind of get a little boggy when I'm doing steaks and stouts and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, I get heavy. So I like to keep it like light, more finger food, yeah, and more social drinking. I can get on board with that. Uh, it's Tuesday night. What are you drinking? What am I going to drink tonight? Probably uh, our East Coast. Nice. That's what I've been kind of jamming on lately. What is your beercation destination? The place I want to go to is Australia. Okay. So their uh, craft beer industry is probably where ours was. About 10 years ago. Okay. And it's really blowing up and taking off. And I have a friend back there that opened a brewery. Uh, that's where I want to go next. Nice. What is your favorite outside, so non-slow, beer? I like some of the Belgian beers like Orville, mm -hmm. Duval. I think those beers are amazing. Some of the classics. Yeah. Like monastic brews, I think, are kind of another level. Mm -hmm. Alvarado, I think, is doing great. Yeah. Some of their beers are... I haven't had a bad one yet. I don't get to drink them that much, right. but honestly, I can't wait to go to my next favorite brewery. I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know what it is yet. It's a good answer. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite non-beer hobby? Oh, I'm a surfer. Okay. We were talking earlier. I just moved, and I just moved to Shell Beach. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of having to pinch myself lately because I got a dream job. Right. And I just moved to the beach, and I'm literally like a half a block from the beach. That's awesome. From my favorite surf spot. So now- I got a dream house. It's it's just a little condo, but you know I love my wife. I, I'm like I'm pinching myself because I, I it's everything's too good right now. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, surfing, hanging out with my wife and our dog, and yeah, pretty mellow. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, and finally, what's your favorite word or or slang word for being drunk? Hmm. Tossed. Okay. It's a good one. That's a that's a Aussie one. Okay, I pick up a lot of Aussie slang around here. Well, the boss, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. All right, so for anybody who hasn't been to Slow Brew, you got two spots to check out. We're at the Rock, which is uh, eight fifty five Arrow Vista Place. The Brew is what they call the pub downtown, right? Uh -huh. And that's at seven three six Higuera Street. Did I say that right? Higuera. Higuera. I'm not from around these parts. Uh, Slowbrew.com and at Slow Brew across the board on all the social media stuff. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, cheers. That was awesome. Thanks one more time to Steve and to Slow Brew for sharing not only some great beers, but some time and some good stories with us. You can find them at slowbrew.com. That's S-L-O as in San Luis Obispo. Or on social media at Slow Brew. If you're in the San Luis Obispo area, 
If you're in the central coast of California, go check them out at The Rock. That's where we were, 855 Aero Vista Place. Or if you're downtown, you can go to The Brew, which is their pub, 736 Higuera Street. Make sure you say what's up. Make sure you let them know that you heard about them on The Unfiltered Gentleman. As far as us, you can find us at theunfilteredgentleman.com, on the social medias at The Unfiltered Gentleman, and of course on Twitter at Unfiltered Gents. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail, 805-538-BEER-2337. And I hope in the meantime, everyone's staying hydrated. And on that note, good night, everybody. Good night.